Hey, everybody. Welcome to 204060. It's a podcast about faith and living from the perspective of three generations, 204060. My name is Gene Mims. I'm pastor of Judson Church here in Nashville. And it's fair to say I represent the 60s in the 204060 podcast. I'm really a baby boomer. I was born in 1950. Guess what? The price of gas was only about 18 cents a gallon. The average income was about $3,200 a year. And uh, the 20 and the 40 on the show are Trevor Lovingood and Jeff Mims. Trevor Lovingood is a college pastor here at Judson Church, and uh, he was born in 1990. And it was uh, just to say that he's coming along uh, later than I am is not even a stretch. He was born when Disney released Aladdin, if you can believe that. So he's a little older than he thinks. But gas was $1.13 a gallon. Think about that. Now, the 40-year-old guy, that's Jeff. We happen to be related, and we happen to be the co-pastors here at Judson. And uh, he'll turn 40 this year. He was born in 77. Jimmy Carter was the president. He didn't last long. But anyway, he was the president. And the average price of a new home was only $54,000. You couldn't buy that for anything in Nashville today. We're in Nashville, Tennessee, by the way, if you're listening to us. And it's a great day here in Nashville. We're sitting around in Jeff's office. We've got wires going everywhere. We're trying to have fun. And so we're going to discuss at this first podcast, our initial podcast, we're going to discuss about the value of intergenerational conversations, you know, multi-generations. Is it really valuable? Should generations just kind of be segmented like they are? Or is there any value for a 20-year-old and a 60-year-old and a 40-year-old to get together, talk about a topic, learn anything, come out of that with something that's really helpful, not only for living, but certainly to build our faith? And so it's going to be interesting. So what, we have some questions we're going to chase, like what's the benefit of it? Or is there a benefit of it? What's hard about it? Is it hard to do this? Is it easy to do this? Have we ever been helped by it personally? Are we helped by it now personally? And what's a story about a time when an intergenerational thing was a little bit awkward? So that's where we're going to kind of go. So I'm going to let these guys sort of uh, introduce themselves. And we'll start with the young guy first. That's how they do it in the military. And so you always get the young guy because he may be afraid if the old guys go first. So Trevor... Talk to us about yourself. You want to add anything to what I've said about as we get started here? Go for it. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. I feel good just to be at the table with you two. Seriously. Look at you both. Uh, You're already having trouble. (laughs) No, no, no. No trouble. No trouble. Uh, The 90s, my favorite thing about the 90s, if I'm going to talk about them like legit, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like (laughs) Everyone looks back at the 90s and wishes that they were... A king in the prince land. So uh, love that. DJ and, Jazzy Jeff. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Yeah. How I about just, that? I always just turned that off when it came on. <laughs> <laughs> I never got it. No, yeah, Too it's okay. For me. No, you're Uncle Phil for sure. Yeah, no um, so, but I, I think this is going to be a, a big deal for for me in a lot of ways. Uh, hear your perspective. One one thing I know about hanging out with these two is they think completely different than each other and completely different from me as well. So uh, you're ready for a perspective changer in a hurry if you're going to listen to all three of us at the same time. So I'm excited about that, just to, just to think differently and to be challenged and uh, encouraged, I guess, to keep going. Well, Jeff, what about you? You want to fill in some blanks there and uh, what this can be for us or for you or for your generation? Well, just, I mean, sitting around this table, we were talking earlier about the kind of how our families have been intergenerationally related. And last night, uh, while Trevor was uh, leading our college students in ministry, my wife and I had his daughter, mm-hmm. and we were keeping her. And um, at the end of the night, 
we were we were really glad that we didn't have a baby in our house anymore. You know, our children are a little bit older, and and it's just amazing how quickly you become out of touch with things that just a few years ago you were very used to. You were very used to making bottles and very used to uh, the the crying baby kind of thing and trying to get things right. And uh, it it was very kind of insightful to think about it going forward to today just how out of touch you get that quickly. You know, it's interesting, too. Uh, we're already intergenerationally uh, connected. Uh, Trevor's dad was an intern in one of my ministries, and uh, we've been tight through the years. I actually married his mom and dad. And uh, uh, Jeff went down to spend time with him one time. We have pictures when Trevor was real, just an, a baby, not an infant. Yeah, exactly, in diapers. But, yeah, in diapers. And so we're all, uh, you know, we all know each other, but we – have had different paths, and uh, I've never really been interested in Jeff having my worldview exactly, but I think we all three are grounded in the same place, although we approach it very differently. And that's kind of what I wanted to start with, first of all, is here it is, 2017. We've got a new president. The country's up in the air. We've got all kind of stuff. You know, the way my generation looks at this is things are kind of a mess, and we need to make sure that, uh, you know, the the immigration's tightened up. We need to make sure, you know, uh, uh, people abide by the law and whatever else. And yet we came out of the 60s where we were all rebellious or whatever else. But how do you, you know, how do you guys view, you don't have to answer in turn, but how do you guys view today, right now, from a generational standpoint? Are you positive? Are you negative? Are you uh, disgusted, hopeful, or whatever else? Well, I think it's interesting to hear your perspective on the 60s because, being a history major and looking back on what that time was, I, I get the sense that it feels similar. feels exactly like when I was in college, to be yeah. honest with you. And, and I guess that's why I'm not too afraid of it, because uh, things just blew up uh, in my generation. I went to college in 68. Uh, we were right in the middle of the sexual revolution, Vietnam War, challenge of authority, uh, you know, protest songs and whatever else. This is exactly what it feels like now. Yeah, it's a, it's a it is a little bit unsettling, and I, I like the fact that you have that perspective to be able to say it's not that scary. It it does feel for for those of us maybe my generation and younger than Trevor who've lived in pretty relative calm, except for a war that took place in Afghanistan, Iraq that didn't really touch us on the home shores here. Uh, we see the the fallout of it and PTSD and things like that coming back over, but it it does feel a little unsettling sometimes to look at it and think. Is this a powder keg that's just about to blow, or is there some good things that will come out of this dialogue and bring us back together? Yeah, I have no perspective on the 60s, really, and I wasn't a history major, so uh, for, for me... <laughs> so you missed did, out. Did you read a book this year? Yeah, yeah. Seriously? No, I mean, I get it, okay? <laughs> get I went to school. Oh, you don't get uh, it. You don't even know what it is. How can you get it when you don't even know what it is? Well, seriously. Uh, well, listen to this. So I, I have no perspective, really, at all, and I'm hearing you talk about it and Jeff talk about it all the time, and my generation, the people that I hear all around me all the time, it's... Uh, they're almost in a, a little bit of a panic, uh, a little, quite a bit frustrated, unsure about everything, much less in, in their own lives. And so, I mean, personally, I'm completely positive, but that's because uh, I have people like you. I think that says a lot about the, having intergenerational relationships is because you've been through it. So it, it helps me understand a perspective that, oh, this is similar to what I've been through. I think that's a great a great way to you know go we were ahead talking about, talking about we were this. talking about something today uh, that reminds me of this and we were talking about anxiety among young people yeah anxiety among uh, young singles and single adults 
anxiety that uh, people feel. And, you know, we had anxiety too, but my anxiety was getting killed in Vietnam. Mm. My anxiety wasn't that I wasn't going to get married. I knew chances were I'm going to get married, going to have a career. Uh, I was going to go off to seminary, you know, be in a church and whatever else. I had no anxiety about that. My anxiety was uh, who's leading us in this country and why in the world are we in a place where I'm going to get killed and nobody knows why. I think the anxiety is different. Would you agree with that? I mean, oh, yeah, totally. So what, what is the anxiety? What's the angst, do we would say, uh, of, of people in your generation or this generation right now? And I say this generation because uh, Jeff's generation has anxiety, mine. You, but what, what, about, what about yours? Where is it now? Well, I would say if, you're, if yours was uh, in you know, a war that you probably shouldn't be in, I, I would say that my generation is in a war within ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't have a clue necessarily who we are. Uh, we could be anything, anyone, do anything, uh, be a part of a number of things, and we see all of the the people around us so quickly. Just you know, the on social media, on Instagram, you see all the lives you wish you had, and so you you don't know necessarily who you are, and so it's where do I fit into all of this? And the anxiety is the pressure to to perform and to be somebody. That that everyone looks to and wants to be you almost is the way, like where it looks like wow. is like to to the pressure to be somebody that everyone looks to and wants to be like almost uh, to have the 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 following that is thousands and you only follow you know a hundred or two hundred people it's, it actually is a a total mind game it's ang- uh, it's angst ridden yeah. because yeah. you're living your life by addiction to the like that you get in the post and all of us know what that feels like that it feels good when people respond to your post. Yeah, but if, it does. But if you're waiting by your phone minute by minute to, to see how people like your Instagram post or your, your Facebook post or your, your latest blog or podcast, doesn't matter. Whatever it is, if that's your identity, that's difficult. Which is so interesting because in my generation, the use of social media is more for communication than it is for interaction. You know, so you post a, you know, a picture of a, your lunch or you post a picture of your grandchild or, or yourself or whatever on vacation. And it's really just information or, you know, I'm communicating with you. Uh, I don't expect anybody or care if anybody says that's cute or it's great. And if it's 10 or hundred or one, I don't care. Once it's out there, I've right. communicated with you. I'm on, I'm on some well, of that. Well, I have a suspicion that your generation is the one that's clogging my Facebook feed with all the cute puppy videos. <laughs> I don't even know what Facebook is. So, Well, like you're totally how, right. How are you going to get any recipes if you don't look at Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh man. Totally right. What, what do you mean? Well, I was, I was just thinking about how you, give information out and how you take information in for us it's not necessarily and i hopefully i can i'm speaking for my generation in a little bit is that we're not trying to necessarily uh give out information as put out like who we are so that people know us Mm. so that people know who i am i'm not necessarily trying to to get someone to to go buy something or do this or do that but i want someone to get to know me for who I want someone to know. So it's almost like I can I can put this front out there and maybe I can get hired, maybe I can get some a job in this city or go there. It's all about really connecting with people. Sounds like and you're so, building a brand of yourself. Honestly, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. You know what's interesting about this is uh, I, I really, uh, and, and I won't speak for my generation, but I really have a desire to speak into your generation and I don't feel any reluctance when I'm around people if I think they sense I'm genuine in that, 
But I wonder if your generation, you or Jeff's, has any desire to speak into my generation. Because it seems like uh, when you're a little older, people kind of want to react to what you are because they don't want to be like that or what your failures were generationally, and we don't want to be like that. So, you know, we were about the let's build a home, get a career, whatever else. Uh, Jeff's generation, the 40s, seem to me to have this view of uh, we, we probably can't do that. We probably can't have – the wealth and the success that you have. And I always want to say, well, who told you that? Or your generation is even one removed from that. You know, uh, we, we don't talk into you at all. We can hardly meet your eyes. We hardly shake your hand or whatever else. So, so is that, is that vile? I mean, is that real? Is that true that, that, I mean, I have a desire to help, you know, but I'm not sure that it's easily reciprocated from people who are not my age. Hmm, yeah, I think it does. Uh, I think what you're saying is very, very true. I would love to speak into your generation. It doesn't feel right, though. Does it? Does that feel right? It doesn't feel right for me to even like share any of my wisdom to like. What kind of wisdom do I have compared to you? You. I think we may be missing there, something. It may not be the wisdom. It may be the life hmm. and the interpretation of culture from your perspective that we really miss. And I, you say, especially in a faith-based community, uh, when you have people like the my local people or whatever else. Uh, the folks in the college ministry, the young adults that we have, when I'm around them, I'm just learning, you know, I'm learning about the, the generation. I'm learning about the world that I'm in that otherwise I don't have any access to whatsoever. I can't go listen to the music because I don't get it. I can't, you know, I, I'm not going to read a book because you had not written them yet. And so, you know, there's always an exchange in a relationship. And, uh, you know, as a pastor, I'm one of the things that's always been on our hearts. I know Jeff and I agree with this. Let's get some, let's get these young people in here and give them not a platform, but give them a relationship so we can understand who they are, you know, how they think or what they think, what they're thinking about, or maybe what causes their anxiety. And let's see if we can, let's see if we can help that in the context of a faith-based community. Uh, so I think sometimes maybe, you know, if you're young, you feel like I don't have that chance if you're older, you think maybe I don't I don't know how to give them that chance. Is that is that fair? I don't know. One of the things that may be a little more difficult about what you're talking about is that you're you're living in one of the first generations where the church became so um, age segregated that it didn't have the interaction. And the church for me was always the place growing up where I was around older people all the time. I've never been intimidated to be around senior adults because I was around them my entire life. It wasn't just my grandparents. We didn't live near my grandparents. So it really was the church that allowed me to get to know older people and for them to get to know me and me to feel comfortable with them. And I still feel that way. But if you think about it, my generation started to have church that was really not for older people. And I think they, without maybe meaning to, promoted the... I think there's I think there is a generation gap in every generation, but we act like that's a, a thing that is impossible to overcome and I don't I don't agree with that. Well that's the way it is, so the question I guess is this good. Because I say you've heard me say a million times, you can you can go to church anywhere and start when you're in preschool and go all the way up through college and never go to a worship service. Sure. You know, unless it's your worship service. Is that good, bad, or uh, you know, is there a balance in between the two? Because you, you kinda wanna give, you know, what people you know, people. Every generation has its music, but every generation has its style or communication. But at the same time, what you're saying is true, 
at least to me, that you don't have that interaction anymore. Well, where would you get it if it's not in a in a church environment? You don't you don't hang around eighty year olds at work. They're retired. Yeah. You know, in in your in your life, when you go to the YMCA and you're playing pickup basketball, you you don't hang out with folks who are in their seventies. They're they're, do, they're doing different types of activities, and I I think that's one of the things that you have to work hard to create in your life is interaction with people, because I I believe that intergenerational wisdom is huge in my life. I need people who have been further down the road than I've been to be able to speak back into my life from their experiences. Trevor, really? I mean, is this something that, you know, we see this as a need, but is it reciprocated? Is anybody out there your age that would say, hey, yeah, that'd be pretty good? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just a little uncertain about it. If they're in church, we can do that. We can create opportunities for that. But I don't know. I'm just not sure. Are we too segmented? Can we never get it back? I don't know. I, I think we can. I think we can definitely have it. I, I mean, I have some, some of my best. I would say even friends to get, even say it very clearly, like that are uh, older generations. Dwight. Just Dwight. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I have, a, I have quite a few people that uh, I'm on the journey with, so to speak, that mm-hmm. I'm walking through life with. It's those are my best. Those are my best people. Those are the people I call regularly, talk to um, all the time. Are they friends, or, or do they have to be mentors? See, I don't want to be anybody's mentor. No, they're friends. They're genuine. Friend. They're genuinely it's, friends. It's both and, not either or. Right. Yeah, yeah. I would say he's he's mentoring me, or he's 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 kind of leading me, but I'm also very much helping him and leading him. And I was thinking about when you guys were chatting, um, just some of the things that you were, you were talking about. And uh, do you think that it has to do with? A generation. I don't think it necessarily has to be with age. A generation thinking they already know enough. Because when you think you know enough and you just go ahead and flip that switch off, you don't really care to learn anymore. You don't necessarily care to hear what I have to say. I think one part of it is that every generation is selfish. Yeah. So if I'm thinking about retirement, what are you going to do to help me? You know, I mean, what what do you, what I need to talk to you about? Or I've, you know, I've got my grandchildren or whatever and I get them, but why why would I need to, as a 60 year old, listen to a 20 year old? I think there's some real answers to that, but I think every generation basically is selfish, and they just basically say, like most people will, if you don't help me, then you know. It, it takes a it takes a leader in each generation to be able to do it, and I know, just in my own experience, one of our greatest leaders is a lady in our church who's 80 years old who just said, "We're going to bridge the generation gap," and yeah. she put the foot forward. Yeah, yeah, and has been very successful at it, and is well loved because of it. But she did it. Uh, she took a risk absolutely, and did it not to be loved, but because she loved people and just admitted, I don't, I don't understand these young gals. I don't know what's going on in their lives, but, but, you know, but we really need to do this. I kind of interrupted you. So you were, you were kind of on a train about your friends and friendships and whatever. So you can pick that up again if you want. I was just talking about really just learning from each other. If we genuinely want to learn from each other, which I feel like every time that we have a conversation, us three, it's it's reciprocated. Like I want to learn as much as I can from you, and in a way, I almost feel the same way. Without I've never put words to it before, but I've always felt like you want to hear what I have to say. Yeah. Just not that, not that I have a lot of weight with it, but you you give it a lot of weight, and it's I've never really. That's rare. Like, but that's but not, we need not it because what we were just talking about is how quickly you are irrelevantly eclipsed. Now, yeah. everything is changing so fast, and the American dream changes minute by minute. It feels like, you know, if you take 
I mean, there's an economic component that I don't guess ever changes, but for his Trevor's generation, it has changed a little bit yeah. because you have so many people, you ask them, what's your job? And it's like, well, I'm a photographer. Where have you been doing photography lately? Well, I had a photo shoot once last year. What? <laughs> what do you mean? You, you're a photographer and you do a photo shoot a year? You, that's a hobby, you know? No, that's dream, my, it's my job. But I think what Trevor's saying is important because if what we, all, what we know about relationships is if someone shows an interest in you, you show an interest in them. You know, it's nice to have someone ask you a question. It's nice to sit down and have someone be interested in your life. And it doesn't matter which generation they're coming from. If you can learn, and really it's a little bit of an art form, because if you can, if you can learn how to ask questions, you can make friends pretty easily and get a lot of information from people and find out. I, I love sitting down with Trevor uh, and uh, one of the music guys that works with him, Jared, and just saying, Tell me about this. Why, why are people doing this? Why, why do you like that? Why did you, why did you buy that? Why did you buy that? Even, even things like, why did you buy that piece of clothing? You know, like why? I, and, and I, you know, I, I tease him about it, but I really want to know because it's not even on my radar. Well, he wears weird clothes, and so that's it always is. interesting to me. And, you know, I always want to know why he wears what he wears and where he gets them. <laughs> what little shop, maybe it's a little Hey, by the shop. way, that was by far one of the most awkward moments what? I've ever – you know, that was kind of the, one of the things that – uh, that I think we were wanting to talk about is an awkward moment in between generations. Yeah. It just sparked a memory in mind. Uh, I was wearing just one of the coolest hats. <laughs> Seriously, like really, it was so cool. Pork pie hat. What? Yes. No, no, no. Art I don't even know what that is. I've never even seen that. I was wearing a, a Cobra. It was like so what? What's a Cobra? A Cobra. Is that a brand wow. name? You know, it's like a cowboy hat. Somebody look like, that up and give me with some yeah. uh, with some fashion phone. spin to it. Does, so, does it have a feather in it? I got a Cobra. It had a, it has a it little a feather. feather in it. It was a little one. I think it's black and red and maybe a little bit yellow. I was wearing that and I was like, "This is what it feels like to dress up, look nice, <laughs> go to church." And I thought that was a costume party. In, oh wow! Thank you. I walked in church. And I had one of the most awkward conversations with an older man. I have no clue who they are. And uh, I honestly wore it because I knew some guys were coming to church that day with me. And, and I genuinely just uh, trying to, you know, look a certain way, but really just look the way I wanted to. I, right. I don't even know what I'm trying to say necessarily, except I was just sure. dressing whatever. <laughs> and uh, I loved my outfit, right? I'm feeling good about it. You and this older, guy, <laughs> yeah. this older guy, this older guy, <laughs> Thank you for keep laughing at me. But this older guy uh, tapped me on the shoulder and said, uh, you need to uh, walk outside and take that hat off and then walk back in here. And I don't even know the guy, which is fine with me because I'm okay with And, and we're glad he did that with one of our pastors yeah. and not one of our guests. That's what I'm saying. I had two guys. I'm <laughs> yeah, so glad he didn't say that loud enough. Yeah. For But like that blew my mind. I was like, oh But generationally. Gosh. Yeah, well, I get that. Big difference, right? Yeah, it's, it's crazy because... He doesn't think that I was bringing my best, if you will, right? But I, I thought, like, that was actually an expensive hat, you know? Like, yeah. I was wearing my best yeah. that what I thought was the best, but um, it wasn't to him. So. Well, and it is a stretch, and if, if uh, you know, if you can understand his perspective, it's not right or wrong, it is, because that's the way he was raised and that's the way he was brought up. I remember yeah. my grandmother having a conniption if you wore a baseball ball hat into the house, and you surely didn't sit down and eat dinner with it, you yeah. know? Take your hat off. We're about to eat dinner. Yeah, which is a, a generational thing that's probably not important except to note what it is, you know, and, and where it is. I remember a long time ago somebody uh, asked me, he said, what's our dress code around here? And what they were asking about is, is kids wearing shorts to church. And uh, I said, oh, I, let me help you with that. I said, our dress code here is you as an usher 
are not to let anybody in here naked. <laughs> and, and he looked at me funny and he said, he said, what are you talking about? I said, well, look, we got 16-year-old kids coming in here listening to uh, me preach and people sing and whatever, and they're wearing shorts, which is, to me, no different than a skirt because it comes down to the knee, right? And uh, they, don't, they don't know any better or they don't know anything at all. They're just happy to be here. And you know what? I'm really happy that they're yeah. here. So uh, why don't we not worry about that and worry about it. Now, if anybody comes in here with no clothes on, you boot them. There's no question about that. We don't need that. And we kind of laughed about it. And, 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 you know, it was a teachable moment, but it was kind of awkward too because uh, I've had it here. You know, uh, one day uh, somebody came down the hall, one of our uh, older men, and said, hey, somebody ought to tell that gal uh, she ought to dress in a different way. And, and I said, this, this is a single mom coming in with two children and she's she doesn't go to church she doesn't know how to dress that's the best she has and you know give her a month and she'll understand how to dress yeah. forget it i'm not you know, tell her if you want to tell her you go and see what it is and then i said but you better not you know so it it is awkward sometimes generational stuff is awkward i'll tell you what is at the heart of it the lord loves everybody yeah and uh, he loves everybody whether they're dressed up or not whether they're clean or not he loves every generation and it's a very difficult thing for my generation to love every generation because we don't understand it. We're afraid of where it might go. Now we're, we're blind to where we let it, where our generation went, right? Sexual revolution, the outworkings all, of it, all that kind of stuff. You know, we think that's all right. That was funny. Well, it really wasn't funny. It, it, our generation brought all these ills to you guys, you know, but yet we, we're just blind to all of that, you know? And it's funny that we think, the generation ahead of us, the, you know, the World War II guys, they were great. They were heroes. It's the greatest generation, whatever else. And, you know, there'll never be another generation like that. So it's amazing how you can revere the generation ahead of you and be totally blind to the ills of your own generation while criticizing uh, generations below you. And the truth of it is, if you don't stop to think about that hat, then you don't get to speak into the guy's life who dressed up the best he could. Or, you know, really, really was excited about, did he say outfit? He said outfit. Yeah, that's a little Come awkward. Come on, man. That's a little Jeez. bit awkward for me. But uh, that's, that's a generational game. Yeah, your outfit. That a man but would say he was I, wearing an outfit. Man, I tell you geez. what, my wife talks like that, but I'd never talk like that. <laughs> probably, probably got that hat to dress shop or somewhere. That's what scares you. No, I mean, it, it is, you know, and so. Well, what, what was the question he got that one day? Uh, yeah. The guy asked him, said, did they chill, sell chill, men's chill. clothes where you bought that shirt today? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> But you know what? I wouldn't trade a million bucks for it because these kids that are coming in and even these, uh, these uh, high school kids that are coming in who didn't grow up in church don't know anything about church. They don't know if the preacher's important or not or if, you know, if they ought to run through the halls or be quiet or whatever else. They just bring a freshness to us, and it makes us deal with it. It really and truly makes us uh, It deal makes you with deal with what's important. Exactly. And somebody wearing a, a hat isn't important. Well, listen, guys, uh, what we learned today, we're about to have to wrap it up here. Trevor, what did you learn today as we talked about this? Well, it's just, I just keep being reminded of it all the time when we talk, the, the three of us, or if, if I talk to somebody that is an older generation, or yeah, just an older generation, I learned that I need to have these relationships because I'm going to get a different perspective. I'm going to get... Uh, some knowledge that I didn't know. I'm going to talk with somebody who's been there, done that, and they could speak some truth into my life because truth, right, transcends all generations, yeah. like no matter what. And so I'm going to hear it from a different point of view, 
and I'm going to be able to see something in a different way. And so it's massive because if I can do that, then I'm going to be able to to carry really their legacy on with me, and I'm going to be able to maybe even start from where they ended up and go even further than they ever did. And and uh, and honestly, it's just uh, it's really cool because I can maybe even make them proud, you know, make them like uh, give them even honor in that. So uh, for sure, yeah, it's just it's just massive. Yeah, I think for me, it just goes. As the generation that's sandwiched kind of in the middle is one of the things that I think our generation needs to be very cognizant of is being a bridge builder generation. To take folks from the younger side of our lives and the older side of our lives and mash them together, uh, whether it's in our home or whether it's in a life group. You know, we floated we floated the idea of, uh, last year of having a life group of college students and senior adults and making them be a life group together. And we, we still may do it. I mean... Because we think that uh, it has some value uh, because they're looking for grandparents who love them and uh, they're looking for grandchildren who could love them. And mm-hmm. it just reminds me, again, in, in the church world specifically, uh, I think it's Psalm 145 that says, one generation will declare your greatness to another. And I think that's so important. It, it's generationally learned and it, and it goes up and back, as you were saying earlier. Well, I think I learned, uh, I, I had forgotten about how important uh, dressing is to your identity when you're younger. And when you were talking about your hat, I remember that. I remember I remember feeling that when I was your age, when I was a college student, that you know the way I dressed really was expression of what I was feeling that day about me and my generation and uh, whatever else. So I'd kind of forgotten that, and that's really good. Good to remember that and, uh, and really to deal with that. And I learned also, and I, I've continued to, to marvel at this, I got to do better with Jeff's generation, the 40s. Because in a crazy way, it's easier for me to, to identify, not to identify, but speak into your generation than it is to somebody, you know, a generation that I, that I raised. And so although Jeff and I are tight and different at the same time, uh, I may have forgotten what his generation is. And sometimes that can be the lost generation, the sandwich one in the middle of the sandwich. Well, listen, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. And in the weeks to come, we've got some other things uh, that are going on. Like how, how do you ever know when you're really and truly fully satisfied? We're going to chase that topic down. And, uh, you know, has, has there ever been a point in any of our lives when we've been truly satisfied? And, uh, you know, another one is kind of what Trevor brought up a while ago. Does my life count for anything if I don't have a platform and an influence, if, if, if I don't have followers, if I don't have people uh, uh, snapping back at me on uh, Instagram or whatever instantly, if I, if I can't get to 100,000 or, or my song doesn't do any good or whatever else. And, and then uh, another one is just generally, why is it so hard today to have uh, good relationships with people and really are they necessary? So, hey, thanks for everybody for being with us. Keep listening, and we'll see you next time.